0: Hi, you're listening to the Abundant Encounters Podcast, and this is Mary Marsingill. We're so honored to have you, and just quickly, before we get started, I wanted to remind you to rate this podcast and give positive reviews anywhere you're listening, Apple, Google, and others. Just talk about what you're experiencing, or especially any encounters that you felt like you had during an episode. Also, we'd really appreciate it If you could take five seconds right now to pray for our podcast and ministry to succeed. Five seconds might not sound like much, but we believe that our collective prayers will make a massive difference and protect and prosper these ministries' efforts to glorify and exalt Jesus. Our hope is simple, that people have real encounters with Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. Please join us now for just five seconds to pray. Thank you so much. Here's Josh.
1: Yeah, thank you for praying and joining us on a new episode of the Abundant Encounters podcast. My name is Joshua Marsingill and it's always an honor to be here with you, and a I know in today's busy world, and you just have so many options, but you've chosen something that I believe God can use. And, um, and that is our full intention on this. Um, it's just to help create a space that, where you can encounter Him. Encounters are real. They're amazing. I've had encounters that felt like they took me out of my own body. I've had dreams, I've had visions, I've had little moments that were just so special between me and the Lord. And, um, you know, and I've met plenty of people that have had crazy encounters. But there does seem to be this idea that there's a limit or that it's not all on the table. But as sons and daughters, we're sharing this inheritance of access to the Father. And even through those testimonies I just shared, even as nondescript as they were, it is uh, an invitation that I can extend to you just because of what God has done, what Christ has done. He's made it where we can't, uh, we don't get stuck just perceiving the reality of Christ, but we can actually conceive it. He is the hope that is within each and every one of us. And as we experience him, it unlocks it so fully within us. And there's always a new glory. It goes from one glory to the next, to the next, to the next. This podcast is here to help Stuart and just kind of give you a space uh, to practice Having a deep and profound, intimate connection to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. So I'll pray and we'll get started. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you have us. You have us. You have us so fully. And we want you to have us. We don't want to be alone. We're not choosing being alone when you're putting yourself on the table. Lord, we've come here to feast today. Teach us, teach us to, to commune with you, to feast on the fatted calf with you. Just in the authority of Christ Jesus that he's given to us so generously Thank you, Jesus. But in that authority right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command anything that is not of Christ to be silenced, to be completely uh, stopped in every way, shape, and form. You have no place here. We bind you up when we hand you over to Jesus. He can do whatever He wants with you. And in its place, Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would come, that heaven would come all around us, that the holy angels that you love and have all around you would just come into our space here, that we would be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Amen. We're in Romans 3, and I'm reading from the Mira Bible today. Uh, the Mira Bible is available as an app, and I highly recommend that you download it and learn from Francois de Toit and his team there, um, and just enjoy this wonderful translation, enjoy his perspectives. And they're so, so good and so healthy to... You know, just kind of look at and w- from whatever angle you're coming from. It's good to let iron sharpen iron, and um, so yes, it's it's a great app. All right, and I'm going to read you Romans three from that app. Having said all this, you might ask whether there is still any advantage in being Jewish. Is there any significance in circumcision? Everything only finds its relevance and value in the original intention of God, realized by faith. The question is, how does someone's failure to believe God affect what God believes? Can their unbelief cancel God's faith? God's word is not under threat. In fact, if all of mankind fails, truth remains intact. Truth is defined in God. It is neither challenged nor vindicated by human experience. Contradiction does not intimidate or diminish God's belief. Scripture records that God stands justified in his own word. It confirms that God's promise and purpose are not compromised through mankind's failure. Neither is God's reputation threatened by our behavior. We could argue then that God doesn't have a right to judge us if our unrighteousness only emphasizes His righteousness. This would make God an unfair judge of the world. This almost sounds like I am saying that it is not really wrong to sin if our cheating only serves to further contrast the truth of God. Because of my emphasis, On God's grace, some people slanderously make the assumption and accuse me that my teaching would give people a license to sin. Let us do evil that good may come. I strongly condemn such foolish talk. It is common knowledge that sin holds the sway over both Jew and Greek alike. Scripture records that within the context of the law, no one succeeds to live a blameless life. Because there seems to be no sincere craving and desire to know God, there is no spiritual insight. Their distraction has bankrupted their lives. That goes for the mass of mankind without any exception. When they open their mouths to speak, they bury one another with destructive words. They snake each other with lies and corruption. With sharp tongues, they cut one another to pieces, cursing and cheating. Every word is inspired by their wearisome effort to survive in a dog-eat-dog world. Murder has become a regular ritual without any regard for another's life. Their path is littered with broken lives. They have lost the art of friendship they have completely lost sight of God. The fact that all these quotations are from Jewish writings confirm that their law of moral conduct did not free them from the very same sins the rest of the world was trapped in. The entire human race is now confronted with the righteousness of God. The law proves all of mankind equally guilty and confirms that their most sincere duty-driven decisions and self-help programs within the confines of the flesh could not give them any sense of improved confidence in their standing before God. We are now talking a completely different language. The gospel unveils what God did right, not what we did wrong. Both the law and all the prophetic writings pointed this moment Jesus is what God believes about you in him the righteousness of God is on display in such a way that everyone may be equally persuaded about what God believes about them regardless of who they are there is no distinction mankind is in the same boat their distorted behavior is proof of a lost blueprint While the law proved mankind's dilemma, the grace of God announces the same mankind's redemption in Jesus Christ. Their blameless innocence is a free gift. The gift principle puts the idea of reward out of business. There is no exception. This belongs to every single person, Jew and Gentile alike. Mankind's righteousness is now redeemed Jesus Christ is proof of God's grace gift. He redeemed the glory of God in human life. Mankind condemned in the language of religion is now mankind justified in the language of the gospel. Jesus exhibits God's mercy. In his blood conciliation, God's faith persuades mankind of his righteousness and the fact that he has brought closure to the historic record of their sins. Jesus isn't it, is the unveiling of the Father's heart towards us. All along God refused to let go of mankind. At this very moment God's act of righteousness is pointing them to the evidence of their innocence with Jesus as the fountainhead of faith. The law of faith cancels the law of works which means there is suddenly nothing left for anyone to boast in. No one is superior to another. This leaves us with only one logical conclusion. Mankind is justified by God's faith and not by their ability to keep the law, which means that God is not the private property of the Jews, but belongs equally to all the nations. There is only one God He deals with everyone, circumcised or uncircumcised, exclusively on the basis of faith. No, faith does not rewrite the rules, instead it confirms that the original life quality meant for mankind as documented in the law is again realized. This inclusive language is so complete, it's so definitive. We're all in this, or none of us are. And I just thank God that He isn't like us, where He creates constant divisions. In Romans three, we're really starting to get the picture that this isn't about what we can or can't do as humans. It's about what God has done and is doing. God didn't make us to toy with us or, or um, manipulate us into growing. He made us because he wanted us and, um, and at this very moment, no matter what is going on in the world, God isn't thrown off by it. He's not under any illusions or are deceived in any way, shape, or form. There's no competition between God and the devil or... And, uh, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, uh, can you imagine how this would have taken the rug out from under the feet of so many self-righteous um, stances on, on inaccurate identity descriptions, like internal identity, like my identity is I am a Jew, or I, my identity is I am a Gentile, and he says, no, no, we're on equal ground. Or my identity is all these many sins I've done. Or my identity is all my blamelessness. Nothing about you makes you different from someone else in the context of what Jesus has accomplished. Everything's equal. Everything is about Jesus, but not in a way that excludes anyone, (laughs) that's the opposite. It's in a way that includes everyone. It's all about Jesus in a way that includes everyone. I liked uh, Romans 3 two. It says everything only finds its relevance and value in the original intention of God realized by faith. So you can only come to that realization by faith. But this is where your identity is found. Not in a badge or a title or or uh, you and your family history, or of course not your sins or your accomplishments. It's not where value, I mean, that's not where identity is found. Your identity is found in the original intention of God. So finding out and asking what God has done is a part of your faith walk towards understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. And from here on, we're dependent in a sense, in a great way, in a healthy way, to know, to hear from God about what he has for us. And while there are challenges at times, spiritual challenges, systematic challenges, and um, mindset challenges, the truth is nothing can get in the way of our good father and his precious children, you and me. You are included. Years ago, Judith Beck, um, a clinical psychologist, uh, wrote down, and they did a lot of research to come up with three main categories of negative core beliefs about that people hold about themselves and there' there's three of them. it's helplessness that I am helpless, you know, unlovability, I am unlovable and worthlessness that I am worthless. So every lie that we believe about ourselves in general falls into one of those three categories. Um, it's helpful to understand because when we when we can when we can't quite grab a hold of exactly what the lie is that we're believing, we can look at these three categories. And if we are believing that we are helpless, a victim. There is no future, no hope. That is under the influence of a lie. And so we can ask Jesus to help us to know the truth renounce the lie ask for the truth replace it sometimes there can be some history there with that lie you may need to walk through forgiveness or a bad memory that you need Jesus to come and heal so that it doesn't give you pain every time it comes into your mind um, it could be that um, you we are stuck in believing this false identity about our our unlovability that we are unlikable that people cannot we are incapable of not just of us loving but of being loved by others or by God one That I I, I've dealt with all of these, but when that I I remember some of the worst pain in my life coming from was this idea that I really wasn't worth the struggle, the 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 problem. Yeah, I mean the whatever mountain was being climbed, I just wasn't worth it. And I thought, well, you know, if Jesus died, then good, he died for others, but. I'm not worth that, so there's no way he would have done that for me. And of course, that kept me out of the reality that God is the one who has completed something. He is the one that is offering something, He's the one with the invitation. He's not asking, He's giving, He's providing. every lie we believe about the identity of our self falls into one of these three categories helplessness unlovability worthlessness all kinds of different variations on those three but it's helpful to know that these three things can be massive challenges so for this just kind of meditation time I want you to engage your sanctified imagination the Bible says we have the mind of Christ it says we so as you engage with other people we can participate in the we the mind of Christ together and um, you know uh, our intents, our purposes are true and we, we want to know God, we want to hear from Him, we want to receive from Him alone. And um so you're you're in a safe place. I love podcasts because it's just you. It's you there with the Lord. And so and there's no pressure from me or my ministry. I'm not going to ask for something at the end of this or anything else. It's just about you, so let it be about you. Yeah. And with your imagination, just begin the process. Don't be surprised if the Holy Spirit comes and takes you on a journey. Um, Imagination kind of um, is like starting the engine um, this of the supernatural with God. And, um, you know, it just helps open us up to the language of God. And it's one more way that He can speak to us. So we start there and we let it take us anywhere it wants to. We're not trusting the imagination, we're trusting the God who provided restoration, innocence, and Christ, and even just Christ's mind, like that was on the table. That is our inheritance. So I believe I'm speaking to someone, but I'm trying to help you engage with this for real, not to just be okay with it, but to really, really press into your imagine into your imagination as god intended it to be he created it on purpose he wanted you to be able to use it this way so i hope that blesses you but take a minute now and um, and put yourself in the safest place you can think uh, you can think of um, it could be anywhere beach, the mountains, the um, ski resort. Uh, begin to really take this in and feel where you're at, like uh, engage other senses through your imagination, touch, feel, taste. And of course sight and uh, engage, be present, be grateful, and just as you're there, Jesus comes walking in, I want you to look at Jesus, look directly at him, look at his face. Jesus is amazing. He is capital T truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the one that we can go to when we need to know and be freed from lies that we've begun to believe. He knows exactly what lies we're believing. He's not confused about it. And he is here with a gift for you. For clarity and truth to be revealed. What Jesus can do can change us forever. It's a matrix situation. Red pill, blue pill. You're going to take the pill that's going to send you into an absolute future of freedom. So I want you to ask Jesus, hopefully you're there, you're you're experiencing him, you're seeing him, begin to feel, engage your senses, let allow God to communicate to you through your senses and through your imagination and ask Jesus Jesus, am I believing any lies about how I am helpless? It's very likely that you're hearing something. If you're not, it's okay. I don't want you to feel like you can't move forward. You may need to ask some questions. Find out if you're believing lies about who Jesus is. That would be a good place to start. You can kind of just back up or spend some time after, after we're done with the exercise. If you did hear something, I'm asking specifically uh, you know, if you are believing any lies about helplessness. About you being helpless, about the world being helpless, anything, whatever Jesus is talking to you about. If it's a lie you found, renounce the lie. If you feel like it's a deep rooted lie, pull it out of you. You can do a prophetic act. You can kind of, I do a ball of yarn a lot in sessions, uh, and I have. my uh, clients they they will ball up a uh, uh, the yarn and they'll pull it out of their out from their heart until it's all gone it'll come out of their toes out of their hands out of their elbows and knees and and torso and and their brain and they'll pull it all out and they'll hand it to Jesus you can just do that right now just pull it all out keep pulling hand it to Jesus and just ask him what is the truth that I need to believe and replace this lie with didn't have a big aha moment do you want you to press in a little more and ask uh, Jesus what do you have for me in exchange I don't want you to settle for just a single word I want you to ask questions press in understand sometimes it takes time to get it from your heart I mean to your head You want the understanding. It's worth pressing in towards. So ask Jesus, what do you have in exchange? And hand him and renounce that lie. You're doing so good. Another question to ask Jesus. Jesus, am I believing that I am unlovable? Am I believing that my efforts are unlovable? That my world is unlovable? That my family is unlovable? Am I believing any lies about unlovability? same scenario you're going to want to pull any of that lie out if you need to if you feel it deep in you if you don't even if you can't really identify where it comes from pull it out pull it all out and feel it remove itself from you as you pull it out hand it to jesus say i renounce the lie that i'm unlovable jesus what's the truth and or Jesus, what do you have for me in exchange for this lie? And just exchange it, hand it to him, and take it. Sometimes it's helpful to imagine Jesus giving a box like a gift and opening that box. Don't settle for confusing terms and loose ideas, ask questions about your lovability. Last one you're doing so well and there'll be more time to kind of process and hang out and ask questions with Jesus and and in, in just a few minutes ask Jesus am I believing any lies about my worth that I'm worthless that um, the things I'm doing are worthless that uh, there's worthlessness available to me in any way, shape or form. That I am doing worthless, or that I am worthless. And I I'm guessing that if you're still here then this process is getting a lot easier. You're hearing And you're moving in this even deeper I wanted you to acknowledge that that's awesome this is how it works you stir it up you stir up the gifts you stir up your ability to communicate with God and more of it comes so you're doing great now if he's revealed a lie to you about your you feeling worthless that is very normal so many people feel this way you're not alone But we're gonna do something really special. We're gonna exchange it, just like we did with unlovability and helplessness. We're gonna exchange our feeling of worthlessness and ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you have in exchange for this? I renounce the lie that I'm worthless. Just say that. I renounce the lie that I'm worthless. I renounce the lie that this is worthless, this thing I'm doing, this whatever. Whatever Jesus has talked with you about, renounce it. Jesus, what's the truth? And or Jesus, what do you have in exchange for this lie of worthlessness that I'm believing? So I believe that you're discovering more about how empowered, loved, and valuable you are. Keep asking questions, keep spending time here meditating with Jesus and discover more about how you, you, not everybody else, you are empowered, loved, and valuable. That is the truth. Capital T Truth. God bless you. And there's a few more minutes here where you can just hang out with Jesus.
0: Today might be a big new day, especially if it is the first time you used a prophetic act like this and got pulled into a real encounter with the living God in his heaven on earth. This determination may reveal how the same God has been encountering you for many years and will eventually reveal how God is really everywhere and in everything. The good news, he is for you and not against you. He's hidden there for you and not from you. Seek him and find him. Seek like a king before you share as his priest. What you begin to find and uncover will cross the boundary of word only and enter into your own truth. You'll begin to live there.
1: We pray blessing on you. May you be prosperous today from the inside of your spirit, through your soul, and then out into every circumstance of your day. May joy, hope, and peace overflow from within you abundantly. God is not short on encounters, my friend. I pray that the supply of heaven fill your life with infinite wealth that overwhelms and overcomes every deficit of this world around you and others here in this world. In Jesus' name. Come and visit us online at AbundantEncounters.com where you can find out more about our cause. We want everyone to have an encounter with God today. And on that website, you can find out ways to help yourself, help your friends. There's counseling, coaching, coaching, and articles available that will help you to embrace the lifestyle of encountering God AbundantEncounters.com
0: The Lord bless you and keep you The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace